Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, if we all work together, we sure get a whole lot more accomplished, don't we? We really do. We really do. Amen. Romans chapter 4, absolutely one of my favorite passages of Scripture. It really is. And um, it's a dangerous thing for me to get into this passage of Scripture, so I'm not going to, I don't think I'm going to spend a lot of time here. But there's something the Apostle Paul says that I want to bring to your attention tonight. Romans chapter 4, beginning with verse 17, As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. Before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead, and calleth those things which be not as though they were, who against hope believed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations, according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered it not his own body now dead, but, uh, I'm sorry, when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully persuaded that what he, that is God, had promised, he, God, was able also to perform it. Being fully persuaded. Fully persuaded. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6. Philippians 1 and verse 6. The Apostle Paul says this. Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Being confident of this very thing. Amen. I want tonight to preach to you from a simple thought, fully persuaded. Fully persuaded. Praise God. Would you lift your voices to the Lord right now and ask Him to anoint me and to anoint you? Amen. Would, would you ask that He speak to us tonight in this service? Let's everybody talk to the Lord right now. Jesus, we need you. God, I cannot do this without you, God. Nor do I want to try. I need the touch of the Holy Ghost tonight. God, I'm asking you that you would anoint these lips of I'm asking you, God. You would speak through me, God, Lord, to this church. Lord, I pray that you would help me, God, to deliver what I feel on my heart. God, help me, Lord Jesus, to deliver it with passion, compassion, God, and to express the mind of God in this service. We thank you for it now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, lift your voice in praise to the Lord right now. Lift your voice to him. Come on, let's give him some worship in this house. Oh, we exalt you, Master. We exalt you, Master. We exalt you, Master. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Amen, 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 amen. God bless you. You may be seated fully persuaded. Amen. You know, the word persuade simply means to convince. It is to help someone to understand but yet it goes deeper than just an understanding. 
When you have a persuasion, amen, it is something that is settled in your mind. Uh, in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6, uh, you may think that it was a little odd that I would read that verse when I've titled my message tonight based upon Romans 4 and 21 where Paul said being fully persuaded that what he had promised he was able also to perform. But Philippians 1 and 6 says being confident of this very thing. The interesting thing is the word confident in Philippians 1 and 6 is from a Greek word that means fully persuaded. In fact, Dr. Albert Barnes says this is strong language. It means to be fully and firmly persuaded or convinced. It means here that Paul was entirely convinced of the truth of what he said. It is the language of a man that has no doubt on the subject. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm here to preach to this church tonight. Amen. That in this hour, at this time, amen, where we find ourselves facing a dark future, I'm telling you there is an absolute need for us to be fully persuaded. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. The Bible gives this grave warning about a day that was to come and I believe now is. In Hebrews chapter 12 verses 26 and 27. Listen to this. Whose voice then shook the earth but now he hath promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not the earth I'm only. I'm going to shake not only the earth. But also heaven. But I'm going to shake heaven. And this word, yet once more signifieth the removing of those things that are shaken. He's going to remove the things that are shaken. As of things that are made. Uh-huh. That those things which that cannot those be shaken. That those things which cannot be shaken. May remain. May remain. Now, I'm not going to get into an in-depth lesson on this passage tonight. But very simply, this is what it means. That the day is going to come when there is a shaking that's going to hit this world. Amen. It's going to shake everything in the world and everything in the heaven and the reason for it is to find out what can be shaken and what is fully persuaded well somebody help me preach tonight I'm telling you the day is upon us when the shaking is beginning to happen and people are looking around at what's going on those that once stood for truth are no longer standing those that once said they believed the message no longer believe it I'm here to preach tonight to this church we better get fully persuaded about some things There are two factors involved in this shaking. I'm telling you that the devil is doing everything he can to shake everyone he can. Don't sit there and feel sorry for yourself because you're under attack. I'm telling you if you're living for God, you're going to be under attack. That's just the way it is, honey. That's the hour we're living in. The devil is shaking everything he can shake. But the devil's not the only one that's doing the shaking. Because Hebrews chapter 12 tells us that there was a voice from heaven that said, I'm 
going to do some shaking. I'm going to find out what's real and what's not real. I'm going to find out what's just saying that they're Christians and who really is a Christian. I believe that the hour is now upon us in which we are being shaken from above and shaken from below. Amen. I'm telling you tonight, this is not a time to waver. This is not a time to question. This is not a time to doubt. This is a time in which we must be fully persuaded. Well, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, I'm going to tell you tonight, there are three areas of persuasion that I want to talk to you about for a little while. Three things we better be convinced of in our mind. And again, I'm not talking about just understanding the facts. Are you hearing me? I'm not talking about just agreeing with the principles. I'm talking about getting a hold of something down on the inside of you where you are absolutely 100% convinced that this is the way it is. Well, hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Number one, the first thing we need to be persuaded of is that God is able to keep His promises. Where are you tonight, church? Where are you tonight, church? I said we better be fully persuaded that God is able to keep His promises. Let's go back to Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4, verses 17 to 21. The Apostle Paul is dealing with Abraham, of course. And here's what he says. As it is written, I have made thee a father, I've made of, thee many a father nations, of many nations. Before him who he believed, uh-huh. even God, who quickens the dead. Who quickens the dead. And calleth those things which be not. And calls those things which be not. As though they were. Now listen to me. This is the way God operates. God looked down at a couple who were barren. He looked at a man who was childless. And he said, your name is, not shall be, but is the father of many nations. Right here, right now. Before you have any kids at all, I want it forever settled in your mind. You are the father of many nations. Why? Not because of what you see with your eye, but because of what you heard with your ear. God has spoken this promise and it will come to pass. Yes, it will. Oh, that's good. Hallelujah. Verse 18. Who against hope? Who against hope? Believed in hope. Believed in hope. That he might become the father of many nations. According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. Now, against hope. Hope is one of the most fickle things, amen, that we could ever experience. Hope is fleeting. Amen. All you folks that voted for a president based on hope, how's that working out for you? (laughs) I'm not going to get political, I'm just asking. Oh, hallelujah. I hope we survive the next four years. That's the hope I've got. Now, I'm going to tell you, hope is fickle. Because what 
when, when hope can be positive one minute, it can be negative the next minute. But the Bible says of Abraham that against hope, he believed in hope. He said, I don't care if hope is negative or positive today. It's not really hope that I'm trusting in. It's God. And God doesn't waver. And God doesn't change. God's not going to tell me something today and then decide tomorrow he's backing down on the promise. God's not going to look around and say, well, things are worse than I thought they were. Guess I can't do everything I said I would do. No, 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 not the God we serve. God doesn't care what today brings. God is not worried about what tomorrow brings. God has said it, and He will keep His promise. Verse 19. And being not weak in faith... Weak in faith. He considered not he his own body now did dead. did not even consider his own body now unable to reproduce. When he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. Now, now listen. God waited until both Abraham and Sarah were unable to have children. When God first made the promise, Abraham was still able. Because he fathered a son. But according to this, by the time the promise came, Abraham was no longer able. And God waited until hope was gone. You hear me? That's why we can't look at our circumstance and try to determine whether God's going to keep his promise. I'm telling you, we got to be fully persuaded in this hour that it doesn't matter what it looks like out there. It doesn't matter what is happening. It doesn't matter what my bank account says. It doesn't matter what the bill collectors. Is anybody listening to me tonight? I'm telling you, it doesn't matter what's going on around us. When God says it, he is able to keep his promise. Verse 20. He staggered not at Abraham. the promise of God through unbelief. I love, unbelief, this. I love this. Abraham staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. But you know how I see this? I see Abraham standing there. He's got a promise from God that he's going to be the father of many nations. But reality hits him reality draws back and busts him upside the head you are no longer able to produce children that's reality but Abraham staggered not Abraham Abraham took the punch and stood his ground. Are you hearing me? He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. Abraham never wavered as to whether or not God was going to do everything he said he would do. But what did the Bible say in verse 21? And being fully persuaded. But he was fully persuaded. 
that whatever God had promised, God was able also to perform. I'm preaching to somebody tonight. Would you reach back in that closet of promises from God? Would you dust off that promise you've forgotten about? Would you get it back out and look at it one more time? Would you realize that the same God who made the promise is able to keep the promise no matter how bad it gets, no matter how dark it is, no matter how hopeless it looks, God is still able to keep His promise. Hebrews 11 and 3 13 I'm sorry Hebrews 11 13 These all died in faith Talking about the saints of old They died in faith Not having received the promise Even though they didn't receive the promise But having seen them afar off They saw them afar off In other words Now what does it mean they saw them afar off They believed it was going to happen Here's how I can prove that to you Read on and were persuaded. And they were of what? Them. Persuaded. They were what? They were 100% convinced. There was not a shadow of doubt in their mind. They went to their grave believing with all their heart. I may not see it in my lifetime, but God's not going to lie about it. God is going to keep His word no matter what comes my way. Oh, would somebody get a hold of what I'm preaching tonight? We gotta be fully persuaded that no matter how bad it gets, God is gonna keep His promise. In fact, He's able not only to keep His promise, He's able to do more than what He promised. Ephesians 3 and 20 read. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding. That's able. To do exceeding. Abundantly above. Abundantly above. All that we ask or think. that we ask or think. According to the power that worketh in us. That works in us. I'm telling you, God's power is not even limited to our imaginations. Amen. God can go beyond what our mind can even comprehend. I'm telling you, if God said it, honey, don't you doubt for a minute whether or not He's going to do it. Don't you let the devil start trying to confuse your mind about whether or not it's going to come to pass. If God said it, it will happen. It is impossible for my God to lie. Keep it in mind as the days ahead unfold that no matter what happens, no matter what happens, no matter what happens, I've had people say, Preacher, what are we going to do? Look at what they're doing. Look at what's happening. They're taking away our rights, they're taking away our freedoms. What's going to happen? Well, let me ask you something. What's going to happen if the day comes when you've got to take some kind of mark to be able to buy or sell? What's going to happen? Now, I know, I know, I know, I know popular opinion is we're going to be out of here before that happens. And if God's taking votes, that gets my vote. But I don't think he's taking votes. And for years, I believed we'd be gone before that happens. I've got some second thoughts now. 
I really do. I'm not so sure we're going to be gone before that happens. We'll just have to wait and see. I don't know. But, but I'm not so sure. But I'm going to tell you, I'm asking you, what's going to happen if we have to live through that? How are we going to eat? How are we going to feed our family? You know what? We better be fully persuaded of this. The same God who promised, I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. We better be fully persuaded. It doesn't matter what the government does. It doesn't matter what the devil does. God is going to take care of his people. Which brings me to the second point. The second point. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 8, verses 35 to 39. We better be fully persuaded God can keep his promise. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, tribulation or distress, distress or persecution, persecution or famine, famine or nakedness, nakedness or peril, peril or sword? sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed, killed all the all day, day long. long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquered through him that loved us. In all these things we are not conquered. In fact, we're not even conquerors. We're more than conquerors through him that loved us. Why? For I am am absolutely 100% convinced. That neither that death, neither death nor, life, nor life, nor angels, nor, angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor, height, nor, depth, nor depth, nor any other nor creature, any other creature shall be able shall to separate us, us from the love of which God, is which Jesus, is in Christ Jesus. Lord. I'm telling you, they can't keep us from the love of God. We better be persuaded. God is not only able to keep his promise, he's able to keep it. His people. Give it your best shot, devil. I'm telling you, your best shot's not good enough. There aren't enough devils in hell. God is able to keep his people. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you why God is able to keep his people. Look at 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 5. Who are kept by the power of God. Who are, who are kept. Everyone say kept. Who are kept by the power of God. Through faith, through faith, unto salvation, unto salvation. ready, to be, ready revealed to be revealed in the last time. In the last time. Now, the word kept in the original Greek is a military term. It means garrisoned. Who are garrisoned about by the power of God. There is an army that encircles the people of God. You don't believe that? Psalm 34, verse 7. The angel of the Lord. The angel of the Lord encampeth, encampeth round, round about them that fear them him. That fear him and, delivereth and delivereth them. 
Psalm 125 and verse 2. As the mountains are, round, the mountains about are round about Jerusalem, so the Lord is, so round, the Lord about is round about from his people from henceforth forever. even forever. Listen to me, church. We get so worried about the devil and what the devil's going to do. Do you understand that when Satan had his rebellion in heaven, he was cast down and one-third of the angels with him? Now, do the math with me. One-third of the angels following Lucifer. What does that leave on God's side? Two angels for every demon. They that be for us are much more than they that be against us. Now let's take the math a little further. Jesus said there is a broad path. And many are going that way. But there's a straight and narrow way. And there's going to be few that find that path. And so it is a minority that's serving God. But the minority has the majority of the angelic host. There's a lot more devils out there. Having to try to keep up with all the wicked. But the angels outnumber them two to one. And they're camped around fewer people. I'm telling you right here in this church. You may think we got a lot of empty seats. But I'm telling you this building is overflowing tonight. We can't see everybody that's in this house. There is an angelic army that stands ready to come to our defense. They are here. Ready. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. There are angels all over this house tonight. Hallelujah. Oh, I feel something in this place. <laughs> amen. I'm telling you. I'm telling you that all around you. Amen. All around you. Amen. All around you tonight. There is a heavenly host with their swords drawn. Amen. With their wings ready to take them wherever they need to go. I'm telling you, it doesn't matter what the devil does. It will stay true to God. We've got a the army fighting for us we've got to be fully persuaded that no matter what comes our way God is able to keep his people Jude verse 24 now unto him that unto is able to keep you from falling unto him that is able to keep you from falling Hallelujah. And to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. I'm telling you, God is not running short on the power to keep his people. 
we got to be fully persuaded of that. Amen. When troubles come, amen, when the enemy comes in like a flood, quit biting your nails, quit pacing the floor, quit pulling your hair out. Amen. Quit feeling sorry for yourself. Quit worrying about how you're going to deal with it. Quit worrying about how you're going to make it. Understand God is not suffering an energy crisis right now. God is not slack concerning His promise. God is able to keep you no matter what comes your way. third thing that God can keep. He can keep He can keep His promises. He can keep His people. And the third thing, 1 Timothy I'm sorry, 2 Timothy chapter 1 verses 10 to 12. But is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ who hath abolished, abolished death, death and hath brought life brought and immortality to light through the gospel. Whereunto I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles. Uh-huh. For the which cause I also suffer these, suffer things. these things. Nevertheless, Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. I am not ashamed. For I know whom For I, I know have believed. Whom I have believed. And am persuaded. And am. What? And am persuaded. Fully convinced in my mind. There's not a shadow of a doubt. I am persuaded. That what? He, that, he is that he is able to keep that, to keep that which I, which committed I unto him have committed against unto that him against that day. I am persuaded that he's able to keep what I've committed to him. Now, what is Paul talking about when he says he's able to keep what I've committed? I, I, I went to the commentaries, and I can tell you they were very divided in their opinion as to what exactly Paul was talking about. And they would pull from various scriptures to try to prove their point, and I never really felt real comfortable with any of their ideas, just being honest with you. But uh, some said that he was talking about his soul, that he's committed his soul to God, and, and God's able to keep that against that day. And, and I understand that, and it makes sense, and there may be some... Uh, evidence that maybe that's what he's talking about. Some say that he was talking about his calling that uh, that he has, that God was able to keep him in that calling uh, to which he had been charged. And, and again, I, I can see some evidence that maybe that's what he's talking about. But I ta- have a little different take on it. And, and the reason that I see it a little different is because I got to looking at it in the original language. And when the apostle said that I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him. The word committed comes from a Greek word that literally means deposited. God is able to keep whatever I deposit with Him. When I saw that, I thought about the Lord's words in Matthew chapter 6. Read Matthew 6 verses 19 and 20. Lay not up your Lay not up for yourself treasures, treasures upon earth, upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt, where thieves where break, thieves through, break and steal, through and steal. But lay up, but for, yourselves lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, treasures in heaven where neither moth, where neither rust, moth doth corrupt, nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves where do not thieves break, do through, not nor break through nor steal. Amen. I'm telling you, God is not only able to keep His promises, He's not only able to keep His people, but He's able to keep our possessions. 
And I'm not talking about earthly possessions. I'm talking about heavenly possessions. We better start caring a lot less about our earthly possessions and a whole lot more about our heavenly ones. I'm telling you, every prayer I pray, God keeps it. The devil can't get it. Amen. Every time I give alms to God, God keeps it. And the devil can't get it. In fact, every time, Brother Merriman, I kneel, amen, in the presence of God and shed a tear. God is right there. He's catching every tear I cry. Psalm 56, verse 8. Listen to what the, the psalmist said. Thou tellest my wanderings. Thou tellest my wanderings. Put thou my Put tears, thou into, my thy tears into thy bottle. Are they not oh, in thy I'm book? telling you, every time I cry, God's got a bottle right there catching the tears that drip from my cheeks. Devil, you can't have those things. There are things that I've sent ahead of me. There are things, investments that I've made on the other side. Thank you, whoever it was that chose tonight to sing that song. I'm laying up my treasures in my home above. I'm not trying to build a fortune down here. I'm not interested in becoming a millionaire. I'm not interested in fame and bright lights but I am interested in making some investments because I know every investment I make over there God is able to keep it. Moth and rust cannot corrupt it. Thieves isn't it interesting he used that word? What did Jesus say about the devil? The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. The devil is a thief. And Jesus said thieves cannot break through nor steal what we lay up over there. I'm telling you, just keep on praying, saint of God. The devil will come along and say, no, no, you lost that one. God forgot about that prayer. God's not going to, is somebody hearing me? God is not listening. God didn't hear you when you cried. God ignored you that night. God wasn't watching all the tears you shed. I'm here to tell you, I don't care what that lying devil says. God keeps every prayer you pray. It's recorded somewhere. It's up there somewhere. I'm telling you, there are people serving God today because of prayers of people who have already gone on to the grave, but their prayers are still kept. You hear me? That's an investment we can make. You, you go ahead and sock it away in your 401k. You're going to be doing good if it's a 101K before it's over with. In fact, you'll be doing good if it's even got a K on it. Well, I'm not a doomsayer. I'm just telling you the truth. I'm just laying it out the way it is. Hallelujah. It's amazing. It's amazing. They were screaming, we got to pass this. I don't want to get political. But I'm here. They're screaming, we got to pass this stimulus package or else unemployment's going to hit 8%. So they passed the package, and now we're at almost 10. 
And our president said, it's working just like I planned. That's what he said. Makes me wonder what he was planning. Well, I'm telling you something. If you're trying to lay up for this life, you might as well hang it up. Look, I'm not here to scare you, I, and I'm not here to run our government down. I, I give respect to the office of the president. I give respect to our national leaders by virtue of their office. I really do, and I'm not here to run them down. But I'm just telling you, I'm seeing some scary things. And this whole health care issue that they're talking about, uh, you, did, you know, did you know that one of the provisions of that bill is that the government will have full access to your bank accounts? Did, did you know that's in the it's in the bill? Has nothing to do with health care, but it's in the bill. Now you still want to try to stack stuff away in the banks? For what purpose? I'm telling you, you better be putting it away where moth and rust can't corrupt and where thieves cannot break through and steal. I'm not worried about whether or not I've got a good retirement down here because I've got a retirement plan that's out of this world. I'm not trying to amass fame and fortune down here, but I am laying up some treasures over there, and I'm telling you there are not enough devils to take it away from me. I'm going to keep on praying. I'm going to keep on fasting. I'm going to keep on shedding tears for those that I love because those are things that God is able to keep. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So tonight, tell you I'm not talking about you just understanding the principles that I'm setting forth Paul in our text said we need to be fully persuaded everyone say fully persuaded amen fully persuaded this is more than just accepting the facts that I have presented but we have got to be entirely convinced of the truth of this matter. We have got to reach a place that we have no doubt on the subject. Because I promise you, the day's coming, you're going to be tested. You're going to be tested. And, and both hell and heaven are going to find out whether you really believe what this preacher has preached to you tonight. Somehow we got to get it settled forever in our minds, in our hearts, and in our spirits that God's able to keep His promises. God's able to keep His people. And God's able to keep our heavenly possessions. Yeah. Hallelujah. And if, if we can reach that place, we'll have confidence like this. Psalm 27. Verses 1 to 6. The Lord is my light and the my Lord salvation. is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I Whom fear? Whom shall I fear? The Lord is my, the Lord the strength of my life. Is the strength of my life. Whom, of whom shall of I whom be afraid? Of whom shall I 
be afraid. When the wicked, when the wicked, even my enemies even and my, my, enemies my foes, came upon me came to upon eat me up my flesh, to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and they fell. They stumbled and fell. Though an host should Though encamp host against me, should encamp against me, my heart my shall not fear. Shall not fear. Though war Though should, war rise, against should me, rise against me, in this will in I be this confident. Will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord. That I've desired of the Lord. That will I and seek that after. That will I seek after. That I may that dwell I may in the dwell house of the Lord all the days of my life. All the days of my life. To behold the, to beauty, behold of the, Lord, the beauty of the Lord. And to inquire and in His to temple. Inquire in His temple. For in the time of the for trouble. For in the time of trouble. He shall hide he me shall in His pavilion. Hide me in His pavilion. In the secret in of the His secret tabernacle. Of his tabernacle shall, he hide me, shall He hide me? He shall set he me, shall upon set me up upon a rock. And shall now shall mine head be lifted up above my enemies. Round about, me. round about me. Therefore will I Therefore offer in his tabernacle will I offer sacrifices his tabernacle. of joy. Sacrifices of joy. I will sing, I yea, will sing I will sing praises yea, unto the Lord. I will sing praises unto the Lord. The psalmist said it doesn't matter if there is a war. And I'm the object of that war. I'm not going to worry about anything. I'm trusting in God. And God's able to keep his promises. And God's able to keep his people. And God's able to keep my possessions. I'm telling you, God is able. And we must be fully persuaded. If we can reach that point, we can say with the Apostle Paul, Amen, Romans chapter 8 and verse 31. What shall we what then, shall say, we to then these things? say to these things? If God be for if us, God be for us, who can be against us? Can I put it into another, another form tonight? If God be for us, what does it matter who's against us? Is there an enemy bigger than God? Is there a foe stronger than God? Is there a government smarter than God? Is there a king more powerful than God? If God be for us, what does it matter who is against us? Psalm 56, verse 11, my final verse tonight. In God, In have, God I put my trust. have I put my trust. I will not be afraid I will what not man can be do unto me. What man can do unto me. I'm not afraid of the future. That's why you can take this message tonight and say, boy, he sure preached negative. But if that's what you saw, you missed the whole point. I'm telling you, I'm preaching as positive as I've ever preached in my life. But it's only positive if you've got God's perspective about things. If you've got the world's perspective, there's a lot of reason to be gloomy and depressed and down. Well, that's right. If we're just looking at it from man's perspective, we've got a lot of reason to be worried. Because I'm telling you, and I don't mind as much, and I said I have respect. But I'm just telling you, my opinion, this is my opinion, take it for what it's worth. My opinion is, the United States of America now has the most corrupt government we have had since its founding in 1776. I really believe that. It is the most corrupt government we have ever had. They don't care what the people say. They don't care what anybody thinks. You're just an angry mob. They know what's best. And they're going to give it to you. Like it or not. 
You know why? It's not about you. It's about them. It's about their own power. It's about their own greed. That's right. I'm telling you, it's corrupt. Our president has appointed some 36 czars. That's an interesting thing, isn't it? A czar? You know, when I studied history, the czars were Russians. And the czars never did anything good for anybody. Our president has appointed 36 czars that don't even have to have the approval of Congress. He pays their salary whatever he wants to pay them. Gives them whatever power he wants to give them. And do you understand that we have czars? For instance, one of those, and I'm not making this up, and I'm not getting this from conspiracy theory websites. I'm just telling these facts are out there, all right? One of the men who has been appointed czar was an avowed communist. Avowed communist. Who also joined the black liberation movement. And I'm not prejudiced, and you know I'm not. But the black liberation movement is not about equal rights. It's about black superiority. And this man was a member of that. He was a communist. He was a black liberationist. And now he's a government czar. One of the men that's been put into power in the Department of Homeland Security was one of the most well-known hackers. And this is a fact. He took a hacker that everyone recognized to be among the most uh, evil and, and the most capable of, of destroying others' computers. He is now serving in the uh, IT department of the Department of Homeland Security. I'm, I'm telling you, we have a very corrupt government. Somebody just sent me a link tonight to uh, a deal. This, this whole uh, Cash for Clunkers program. When, when, when dealerships link, click on the government website to fill out the paperwork, there's some fine print there that says that when you click this, you are basically signing over your computer to the government. We have full access to it at any time. The government has a snitch program. You notify them if somebody's talking against what they say. You send them an email and tell them, listen, look, this is corrupt stuff. The, the, the dealerships that were shut down, I don't care what political party you are, the dealerships that were shut down, 90 plus percent of those that were closed were owned by people who contributed to the president's opponent in the last election. That's not an accident. I'm telling you, we, we are living under a very corrupt system right now. And if your hope is in government, you're in trouble. But the positive side of this message is I'm not hoping in our government. I'm not trusting in our president or in any politician. I don't care what party affiliation they have. I don't trust them. I'm sorry, I don't. There's only one that I trust. And his name is Jesus. 
And I'm telling you, he's never failed me, nor will he ever fail me. My confidence is in him. He's able to keep his promises. He's able to keep his people. And he's able to keep my possessions. I'm not worried about tomorrow. I'm not worried about the future. I'm trusting God. And God's going to get us through this. Let's stand and lift our hands. Hallelujah. Come on, let's love the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Philippians 1 and 6 said, Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. And here is a final fact that the Apostle Paul said he was 100% convinced of. And that is, God is not a quitter. And if God started working in your life, God's not going to walk away. I don't care how bleak it looks. I don't care how bad it gets. Paul said, I'm persuaded. Being confident. The word means fully persuaded. I am fully persuaded that when God starts a good work in you, God's not going to quit doing it. Until the day of Jesus Christ. Come on somebody. Why don't you thank God. That he's still working. That he's still working. And he's not going to quit. No matter what comes our way. Would you ask God. To help you to be fully persuaded in your mind. Fully persuaded in your heart. God. I don't want to doubt these principles. I don't want to question these facts. I want it forever settled in my heart, in my mind, and in my spirit. I want to be fully persuaded. Why don't we gather around the front tonight? Let's spend a little bit of time asking God.